Hi everyone, the complex PTSD guy here. Um, I'll start out by saying that I'm not a doctor or psychiatrist or psychologist. I'm just someone sharing my own ideas and experiences about living with complex PTSD. And today I'm doing an interview with Heather Carter. I mentioned her on December 17th of last year. And the title of that podcast was Soul Searching and Staying Upbeat. So if you want to get a little intro before this interview you're about to listen to, you can listen to that past podcast. Heather's written a couple of books. I met Heather at a local coffee shop where she was selling and promoting her work that she's done. Um, And today, as I said, we're going to be interviewing her. Um, So her first book was called Soul Selfie, and it came out in 2018. Her second book was Soul Selfie, Hashtag No Filter, that came out just a few months ago. Some of the key themes she talks about are plagues of the heart. I'll give a few examples, so fear, anger, control. She also talks about uplifting things such as acceptance and love. So uh, we'll go ahead and get started. And one of the reasons I decided to interview Heather is because she does talk about some similar things that I've talked about on my podcast. And that was what created this interest. Um, So Heather, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me. I've been excited to uh, spend some time with you this afternoon. Absolutely. So first question. Um, tell me a little bit about what initially led you to not just writing two books, but creating the blog that led to those two books. Where did that originate? Well, in 2015, I was diagnosed with acute myeloid leukemia, and I actually just started the blog. Uh, my husband started it for me so that we could update people on the status of my cancer, and that quickly morphed into the status of my soul. And I spent about 30 days in the hospital at that initial time and would just write about my health. But then it, it became kind of a daily reading for me to process what was happening to me, to dialogue with myself and with God. And it kind of ended up being something where I talked to, you know, people I was writing to and trying to encourage them in whatever they were going through also. It's great that you wanted to connect and encourage others. Uh, When you first were told you had leukemia, what was your first gut reaction? Like, what went through your mind? Well, I kind of laugh about it, actually, because one of the things I write a lot about is control. And that's really the first thing I tried to do. My brain went right past being scared or worried about it. I thought, okay, I got to find a doctor. I got to manage this. I got to figure this all out. So I didn't even call my husband right away. I called a friend of mine who was a doctor and said, do you know a good oncologist? I think I have leukemia. And he said, "Uh, I'm really not that kind of doctor. I don't know. And I said, oh, okay, well, maybe I should call my husband. He's like, "Uh, yeah, that's probably a better place for you to start. So I just shot out of the gate trying to fix it. Uh, And then God taught me a lot of things when I was in there about how that just doesn't work. (laughs) Okay. Um, So when was the first moment that you saw a light at the end of the tunnel in relation to your diagnosis? Um, For instance, a moment you were going to turn this around into a way to help others. Well, I think that as I continued to write my blog, and like I said, I was in there for 30 days, I I I don't know if I set out to do that, but I started getting feedback from people who were encouraged, even though I was the one that they were praying for and worried about, that they felt like it was helping them in their life. And so 
you know, that first 30 days, I almost didn't live through that. I got a secondary infection. I ended up intubated in ICU for a week. So kind of useless by the end of my time there. But by the time I went home, and I went home with a walker and a shower chair like I was 100 years old. But I continued to write. If you look in my first book, my first blog post, I think, was March, the very beginning of March. And I got out of the hospital on the end of February. And I, my first post in my first book is right after I got back. So, you know, God just gave me something to say. Yeah. Well, that that's great for the listeners to know because they know you were really going through it when you wrote this. So that's that's very deep. That's very meaningful. I've discussed on my podcast before about finding writing to be extremely therapeutic, and I'm assuming that was the case for you as well. Um, this podcast is that for me. What brought up the idea to do a blog and share your experience with others? We've already discussed a little bit here, but um, what specifically made you want to do a blog versus just reaching out on Facebook or reaching out through Twitter? What was the what made the blog different? Well, um, we had such a large group of people who were asking how they could help and how they could pray. And it ended up at one point because my whole, my husband's entire family, um, they are, were in ministry for years and we were as well, that there were 20,000 people around the country getting on my blog and praying for us at that time. So obviously we can't answer all those kinds of texts and Um, Neither of us were really working Facebook too much at that time. So that was just an easy way to get it out there, um, get some information out to people. Wow, 20,000 people. That's that's great. I can see the power of a blog. Um, So in one of your books, you talk a little bit about addiction. I want to ask, because I've discussed this in my podcast in the past in relation to drinking. What is addiction in your point of view? Um, And if you care to share a little bit, how do you see solutions in relation to addiction or solutions in relation to anything? What are some key solutions that our listeners can use for all types of problems in addition to addiction? Yeah, I do have some familiarity in that area. And, um, you know, I realized over time that recovery from anything, we all are battling something any given time. The, the disease of addiction or the disease of the soul, um, those are chronic things that need attention. And I belong to a program that um, helps family members of um, people who have substance use um, disease. And uh, I have my own set of things. So I just, I love that the the my basis for my faith is also to just turn it over to God. And that when I also work some of these 12 steps, that's the basis for that as well is like, you cannot do this. You don't have that much power and you need God's help. So, um, in both of your books, I think you've already used the term sort of plagues of the soul, but, um, I love your term plagues of the heart. Both of your books have that reference plagues of the heart that term explain what you mean by that term in regards to your books what is plagues of the heart well um i want to say too you know i started writing when i had cancer and never wrote anything before that never wanted to never occurred to me so 
when my cancer went in remission, I was afraid a little bit that my writing skills and my what I had to say would go into remission also. But because of these, what I learned about myself, these common plagues of the heart that I believe we all have, like worry, fear, anxiety, resentment, comparison, jealousy, just to name a few, those, those diseases are chronic. And um, it's probably going to uh, because of that, I don't really run out of material to talk about because I struggle with those off and on, and I've found I'm not the only one. Mm-hmm. One thing I really like about your your books is that you're trying to con- trying to share with others your own experience with specific hardships and trials you went through so others know they're not alone. My question is, is there one specific type of struggle that you have noticed you get the most feedback about from other people? For example, in my podcast, Some of my highest-rated episodes discussed repeat subject matter, including feelings of incompetence, which in my opinion, I've talked about the brain, and this goes back to cognitive and short-term memory issues from childhood trauma and living in survival mode. So in relation to your writing, is there one or two specific things that stand out? And I'll list a few of those things that you discuss in your first book, Fear, Anxiety, Control, Faith, Acceptance, and Love. Um, So we've already kind of said resentment and comparison, and if you want to talk about those two, um, whatever is the one you're getting the most feedback about, what are those, a couple of those? Um, I think comparison has been one that's come up a lot lately for me, partly because of doing podcasts and being on different interviews, and you know, it's tricky to not look out there and compare our success to someone else's, or our bodies, or... um, there's just so many ways that we tend to compare ourselves to others. And maybe I should just speak for myself, but I guess I know I've had enough feedback from people to know that um, I am not the only one that has that continual battle. Like, am I enough? You know, there's so many nuances to comparison. You know, am I good enough? Am I, am I this enough? Am I that enough? So, um, and then the other one is resentment. And of course, for all of these, there's, you know, the, the plague, which is the resentment, but then there's the solution, which is forgiveness. Same with comparison. It's, you know, finding your identity in places that matter. Finding your, For me, it would be in God to view myself how he thinks of me and not worry what everyone else thinks about me. So, yeah, there's always two sides of it. You know, there's the solution side and then there's the plague. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, According to the synopsis for your second book, it seems to focus more on hope, healing, and transformation. It also says you talk about your rare, unfiltered inner inner world. That sounds very powerful. Tell me a little bit about the inspiration for the second book. My second book is actually, my first one is 120 blogs I wrote during my cancer journey. And the second book is the next 120-ish blogs that I wrote, which I kind of call the aftermath. And there's still another 100 or so that are not in a book at all yet. Um, but my, my point remains the same every time I write, is that someone has to go first. And I try to write in the messiness of my life. Uh, I take a soul selfie. And, you know, God really showed me when I was in the hospital that, that I'm a full-time job and that I need to focus on me and what I got going on. And then I use what I learned to share it with other people or just share my messiness with other people. So if me sharing how I screwed something up or some crazy way that I'm thinking makes you feel free to share your crazy, 
then we're good because someone has to go first in being real. There's a, I'll just mention on a personal note, there's a few preachers who I've seen on television and whenever they share their messy story and how they came out of it, it's always some of the best preaching. Um, Also in your second book, it says it is real and raw and redemptive. You talk about ego, greed, jealousy, worry, and doubt. That's very powerful too. Those are things I rarely hear people talk about on a personal level. Tell us a little bit about maybe ego, greed, jealousy, worry, or doubt. Well, some of the things I've learned about myself, like ego, that covers a lot of ground because that puts us in a position to think, again, of comparison and worrying about what other people think about us. Um, The greed is interesting because I never, never thought of myself as a greedy person, but I realize when I'm not content with who I am and I'm demanding more from the world and more from my my family or more from God, that that is a form of greed. If I'm never happy where I'm at and I always want better and I always want to be more, that doesn't mean that I shouldn't strive for, you know, becoming kind, more kind and more compassionate, but who I am today has to be enough. Um, and I have to be content with that for today and be grateful to God for where I'm at and not be always demanding more and, uh, ungrateful for that. And my last question or thought, do you have anything you want to add to share to this podcast interview for the listeners? Um, Any hopeful or inspiring things you want to say that maybe helps you get through each day? Um, Anything else that maybe you want to add, maybe a question or anything, other comment that you might want to share? I would just say that I encourage people to um, get on my site and read about some of these different topics. I'm not out to sell books or make money on this. I mean, you really, you can read all of my blogs for free on my site if that's how you want to do it. That's totally fine. But I think spreading the word around to others by giving them a book or pointing them to the site so that other people know that they're not alone in these struggles that can be um, intimidating to talk about out loud to people. Um, I also do... In my new book, I have an outline in the back of it about how to use the book as a book study in a small group type of situation with some, a group of friends and how to dialogue about it. And I've done some experiments with that with different groups, and it's been pretty awesome because people just immediately, when you throw out resentment and then you just give every single person around the table an opportunity to talk about it, it's astounding what people will talk about if you just give them a turn. I like that. That's a great idea. Um, And then did you want to go ahead and give your contact info um, to the listener in case they did want to get your book or read about your information? Um, So, Yes, they can find me at heathercarterwrites.com. On Facebook, it's Soul Selfie Blog and also on Instagram. Uh, and if you do read my book and want me to uh, either do, if you're not in town uh, and want me to do a Zoom call for your first uh, session to kind of introduce, tell my story and then kind of show people how it will work, I can do that. And if they're in town, I'd be glad to come to someone's house and do the first study with them. All right. Well, that concludes our interview. And thank you so much, Heather.
Thank you. And um, you can find my email, which is just Heather Carter Soul Selfie at gmail.com on my site if you want to get in touch with me. All right. This is the Complex PTSD guy signing off.